Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tracy B. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. We talked about the Nutcracker on the show this week. Sure enough. Something I've watched a bunch of times, and you have danced in a bunch of times. That is correct. Has your experience as a dancer in the Nutcracker given you strong opinions about how the Nutcracker should be staged? Because I sure have them. (laughs) No. In fact, I like seeing all the variations a whole lot. I remember as a kid, I had a unique experience in that I was part of a ballet company that was kind of in its infancy, and I was part of the ballet school there, and so I started out doing it one way, and then the ballet company, as it reached a certain level, got a new artistic director that was much more experienced, and that person came in and was like, what have you been doing? And really went back, like, they were doing much more of, like, an original interpretation of it, which I didn't Mm -hmm. realize, And then it flipped and became much more akin to the Balanchine version. And so I already have that, like, oh, you can actually do this different ways kind of mentality about it. So I've always liked seeing how other people did it. Yeah. The things that I feel really strongly about, some are more more minor than others. I really want the Christmas tree to physically get bigger. Oh, it has to. Uh, That I will say, I have, that is a thing that has to happen. 
I also really want the grandfather clock to, like, menace (laughs) Clara in some way. We need a growing Christmas tree. We need a menacing clock. I really prefer it when Clara and the Nutcracker Prince are both children who are on the stage the whole time. I I don't like it when uh, they merge the Clara role and the Sugar Plum Fairy role. It's just my own personal preference. Um, And I didn't even really realize that they're, uh, just in terms of choreography that's like stretching back to 19th century Russia, I did not know that there was this uh, schism between like traditional dressed as peasants or Cossacks Uh, Mm -hmm. Russian dancers and hoops. I really like the, like, very athletic, leaping, jumping uh, Russian dance as it is often staged. And the first time that I saw one with the hoops, I was like, what was that? Not, I was not uh, pleased. I think I saw hoops first. Yeah. Uh, I had already written this outline and I watched the uh, the Maurice Sendak version that we talked about. Um, and that one just totally changed. A bunch of stuff is totally different in that, in a way that I thought was pretty cool. Like, instead of what I grew up with, which was uh, the Arabian dance, basically a harem, not a great thing to be having on the stage right now. It, it is instead a beautiful bird, um, which I felt like was a lot better. But uh, my husband was in the room with me and we got to the end of the ballet and he was like, where were the Russians? And I was like, they were there. It just looked a little different. I used to get really frustrated by like the local additions (laughs) to things. And part of it was when I was living in Atlanta, the Atlanta ballet had a a panda bear costume in celebration of the panda at the zoo that had been born, and a dancer got very badly hurt, and I got really angry about it because I was like, there's not even supposed to be a panda in the Nutcracker. Uh, But having researched this and realized, like, how many places really kind of are adding their own local touches, I, I don't. I'm no longer so angry about that. As long as the costume is safe for the dancers to be dancing in. Right. Do you have a favorite of the Kingdom of Sweets or a favorite segment of the ballet period? I I have always really loved the snowflakes just before the end of Act One. It's beautiful. That music is beautiful. That Yeah, that's another thing. There needs to be real snow happening on the stage <laughs> during no. the snowflakes. No. no. As a dancer, that's a no. I just always found it dangerous. Now that you mention it. (laughs) Right. I mean, when you think about how much time, I mean, this this happens with any performance space, right? How much time dancers like kind of prep their shoes to be the way they like and have the level of grip that they like. And then often you get in a performance space and it's not like the space you have been practicing in at all. And so to throw another like element in there is like, oh, for heaven's sakes. What? Yeah. Okay. How are we going to? Have to. You How know. are we going to deal with this substance on the stage? Right. So for me, I'm always like, "That's okay. I don't need the snow." Because <laughs> I just <laughs> think about those poor dancers being like, "Yeah, how much do I have to restrain these steps to make sure I don't slip?" Or now I'm sure lots of companies have a way that they manage it that makes it very, very safe. I don't want to make it seem like people are being willy nilly, but there's just always any time you add an element that's not part of rehearsal. Sure. 
obviously they rehearse with all the tech stuff. That's what a tech rehearsal is for. But like, it's still like a whole different. But you're still learning it without that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just as my time as an audience member, like never, never saw anything go wrong with the snow part. What I did see the last time I saw the Nutcracker, which was here in Boston, <laughs> during the scene where the children fight over the Nutcracker and the Nutcracker breaks, a part of the Nutcracker flew into the orchestra pit, and it it was like that scene in The Lord of the Rings when they knock the bucket down into the well. <laughs> it went on for so long of this piece of Nutcracker ricocheting around. ricocheting all around the orchestra pit. Uh, and during intermission, like I, as the as the orchestra was filing out, I saw somebody with this Nutcracker piece in their hand, and I was like, "Man, that's I have seen, I've seen uh, Clara's shoe go into the orchestra pit before, but like this was the loudest, most <laughs> most disruptive orchestra pit incident." That's funny. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating Pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper... 
you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day, seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if everyone's being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Of the sweets, I always really loved coffee. And I had seen it primarily for a long time, not as a harem style, but as like a pas de deux, like a duet. Okay. That was just, I find that music very, very beautiful. And I, it's one of those things where if the right dancer is cast and the choreography is right, it just becomes this incredibly beautiful languid study of like what the human body can do with somebody who is an absolute maestro at managing their own limbs. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Um, and so for me, I'm, a, I'm like as a kid, the first time I really saw it danced beautifully, I was like gobsmacked. I I swear I literally had like the mouth agape, like what wonder was that? Um, yeah. <laughs> and so as that has, you know, as I've gotten older and that becomes a thing that is more critically examined, it's there's that part of me that's like, oh, I wish it could... I don't want ever to see a woman in a harem style, but like I just I wish I could divorce all of the the critical and necessary critical thinking about it and just retain that wonder of youth. But that is the unfortunate thing about being a thoughtful person. Right. Not that I'm always. But <laughs> um, I know the School of the Arts has updated a lot of their choreography and I don't know. Uh, I, like, I have seen, I feel like, a televised production with newer choreography once from the North Carolina School of the Arts, and I I do not know the details of how it has been updated. But when I was a child, it was very problematic. Like, the, the Arabian dance was, it was a very harem scenario. There was a hookah involved. Um, the Chinese dancers had, like, the, the like the stereotypical ballet posture of having their index fingers raised. Yes, I definitely it's, saw a lot of that. Yeah. Um uh the the Spanish one was like very, very like cast the nets, kind of like a flamenco situation. Um and then the the Russian dancers would bring the house down with their leaping up in the air and doing splits and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like looking in hindsight at, at the way those were staged when I was a kid, I'm like, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I have also always had deep, deep fondness for Waltz of the Flowers. I just love that music. Oh, yeah. I love everything about it. Beautiful. When I was a child and I wanted to take piano lessons, but I also did not have the discipline to practice, that was, I I think that was the piece that finally led to me not doing piano anymore because I wanted to, I wanted to learn Waltz of the Flowers for my piano recital, and, like, what was available was harder than I really... I could have done it if I had really applied myself to it, but it was just harder enough <laughs> that I didn't want to. 
but yeah, that's like another nod to how my like deep love of the Nutcracker as a child. I picked my piano recital piece as a thing that came from the Nutcracker. Yeah, it's funny as you were doing this, my brain just was like flashback after flashback. Like I remember, you know, being huddled under Mother Ginger's skirt one year. And how sort of thrilling and delightful that one was to perform as a kid. Like, that was the one mm-hmm. everybody wanted to do. I started out as a mouse. I was low tier initially. And then, like, you know, following years, I got to be one of Mother Ginger's children. And then eventually got to do, um, I was part of the core for the the snowflakes and the flowers and did some of the acting parts in the first act that were, that were minor characters. But after that, I... Um, developed and my body was not good at ballet anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Puberty pretty much ended my my plot for ballet. But, um, yeah, I, I still think about it so lovingly in many ways, even though it was, um, you know, sometimes grueling to work on those shows. But I don't know. I, I credit the years that I did The Nutcracker, particularly the early years, with really being a pretty influential aspect of, like, my love of the visual arts in general, theatricality. Mm-hmm. Like, re- I remember the first time during a tech rehearsal that the tree worked. Oh, yeah. And being like, oh, wow, you can do some cool stuff in a theatrical setting that really mm-hmm. impacts people. Well, that is neat, and I want to always have this in my life. Like, that was a big... Um, I literally remember the tree jerking and not working, and then working and being like, oh, yeah. success looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, cracker. Um, did you see, ooh, they may do it still. I haven't checked for it in several years, but they used to do for a while, at least on our local PBS station, a thing where they had several nights of Nutcracker that were different iterations of it. I don't know, but that sounds really cool. It was amazing because you would have the very traditional... Uh, Balanchine style, you would have like uh, one that I saw and I don't, I feel terrible because I cannot remember um, to attribute credit who choreographed it or even what company it was, but it was very modern. And I remember thinking, I don't know that this will work because as much as I said, I love seeing different versions. There's still, for me, it's very much rooted in like traditional ballet. So to be like, oh, a modern dance version, no. But in fact, it was amazing. So... (laughs) Yeah. So if you get a chance to see something like that, especially when you see like three different ones in three nights, mm-hmm. it just kind of expands how you think about it and like how different people can take a thing and the kernel of the thing remains the same, but like it blossoms in different ways. And that's always really beautiful. Yeah. Art. Yeah. We love it. We do. We do. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. 
Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper... You're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day, seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if everyone's being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. We did some more eponymous foods this week. We did. I love these. They're so fun. But um, <laughs> I definitely um, have some thoughts uh-huh. <laughs> about Sylvester Graham. But I do want to mention that I love a good Caesar salad. So, so um, last time we did one of these, I said I, I like all the component parts of a Cobb salad, but I don't think I've ever ordered a Cobb salad from a restaurant menu. Opposite experience with Caesar salad, but it's embarrassing because... Uh, at two different periods of my life, one in high school, into college, and then the other not that long after college, for periods of years, I was a vegetarian. And let me tell you, vegetarian options in... Sin on the ground. They were not like they are today. Correct. Um, 
And so, in the 1990s, if I were in a situation where I needed to get a meal at McDonald's, what I would get was a Caesar side salad, which did not have chicken or anything on it. I would, like, leave the bacon bits. I think it came with bacon. I would not put the bacon bits on there. And french fries. There's two problems with this scenario. (laughs) Problem number one is that Caesar dressing a lot of the times has Worcestershire sauce in it, which contains anchovies. It is not vegetarian. And the other thing is we learned as a society after all of this that McDonald's french fries were flavored with beef flavoring, a thing I did not know when I was shoving them into my face. And that's why they were so delicious. It's one of many things that I thought I was eating as a vegetarian option in my teens and early 20s that I learned later were not actually vegetarian. But man, I don't I think s- that's embarrassing. I think a lot of people are in that boat. Still do love a Caesar salad, though. Oh, me too. I um, I need a little more protein than a, a blank Caesar offers. I got to have some chicken or something on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll put um, shrimp on there. I like it. I sometimes will just throw also um, like a handful of pistachios in there. Mm-hmm. Which probably mortify Cesar Cardini, but... How do you feel about the anchovies? I'm down with anchovies. Okay. I love them. Yeah. I love an anchovy on a pizza. I love an anchovy right out of the can. I mean, I know they're not for everybody, but I love them. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i into them. Uh, the first time I had them was on a Caesar salad, I'm pretty sure. And I just did it for kicks. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I, um, the first time I ate anchovies, I remember super distinctly because it was one of those times that very clearly illustrates how if kids have no knowledge of a thing, Mm -hmm. they just will engage with it Mm -hmm. without. And I had found in our cupboard when I was like little, six or seven, a can of anchovies. And I just popped it open and ate them. Mm -hmm. And one of my older sisters came in and discovered this and was like, whoa, like I may as well have been eating live spiders. She was horrified. And I was like, what? They're salty and delicious. And so that was... It's one of those things where I was like, I loved anchovies from a very early age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continued, oh, man, anchovies on pizza is where it's at. Delicious. But really, I have so many thoughts about Sylvester Graham. Yes. Really does remind me a lot of John Harvey Kellogg in terms of his mentality and the focus on food going along with yeah. that. Um, they're often... Um, kind of mentioned together as being part of that beginning of the movement for for people to really carefully monitor and um edit what their diet consisted of. Sure. Um, which I have to say, like, if living by Sylvester Graham's standards made you live a long life, I'm not sure how much you enjoyed it along the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's also the whole like beyond. Beyond the aspects of it that are tied to the idea of weight loss, there's, like, this whole trend about the idea of food being clean or not clean. Uh-huh. It's really damaging to people. And, I like, this, is to me, is an early iteration of that. And it's kind of a dramatic iteration. I mean, like, the level of morality that he attached to every morsel a person consumes is so extreme and i i just find myself wondering if he was any fun to be around ever but mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean he clearly had some pretty serious hang-ups about sexuality that are uh, unfortunate mm-hmm. i know i also kind of i had to chuckle at his whole excerpt that we read where he talks about how 
bakers are the ruination of things. And he's like, I don't want to badmouth anybody, but here we go. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just the, the like, no, no, they're, everyone's really evil, but let me just focus on bakers and everything they do wrong. And, you know, I it's one of those things where I'm like, is that really moral to just publicly go after an entire sect of the population <laughs> based on their job? I don't know, Mr. Morality, maybe think about that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems very unpleasant. I want yeah. a cozy bed. I want a warm shower. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to eat some s'mores just for spite at this point. I know we have told this story before, but I kept thinking about there was an incident with Tracy and I and s'mores, dear listeners. <laughs> That's so good. When we were still working in an office on like the How Stuff Works website, and Tracy was, were you? I don't remember, editorial director, website director. I don't remember what your title was. And I was uh, one of the editors. And we were like the only two people working during the holidays. Yeah, it was like over Christmas and everybody was off and I was out of vacation days. So I was working and... And I hadn't worked for the company all that long. So I either didn't or I I just figured I'd work through the holidays and use vacation at other times. But we had this idea of like, if we're going to be here at the office together and nobody else is here, we should at least make it fun. And so we made the most ridiculous s'mores of mm-hmm. all time, which were graham crackers. But then um, if you have ever had cocoa peeps shaped like reindeer. Yep. I, I highly recommend. And then we use peppermint bark for the chocolate layer. And I know people say the sugar high is a myth, but we ran around those hallways screeching like <laughs> banshees for so a good, good 15 minutes. And I'm like, that's a sugar high right there. That's so like, good. <laughs> we did them in the microwave. So we didn't have a yes. stove or anything in the office. So we got to watch them explode. It was yep. beautiful. Yep. I, that is one of my fondest work memories of all time. Oh, yay. Like, just so funny and hilarious that we were just giddy to eat s'mores while everyone else, ha-ha, was off. They Made just out. Your peeps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And pepperoni bark. Yeah, we talked about recreating them, and I don't think we ever did the recreation of them, in part because I started trying to take time off at the end of the year. Right. Well, at some point, when we are back in the same place, I don't care what time of year it is, we're going to carpe s'mores. We're going to make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you are headed into a weekend, a weekend that involves time off, we hope that it is fun and that you eat something delicious uh, and that you love. And if you do not have time off, we hope you still manage to sneak in some delicious food, but also that it goes as smoothly as possible. We will be right back here tomorrow with a classic and then on Monday with a brand new episode. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.